Warning, Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro-Tri News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joining you from Oklahoma City. I also have Talbot Cox in Oklahoma City joining the show. He's back. We have the whole gang here. The whole gang is here. This is going to be a good episode. So by the whole gang, he also means Pat Lemieux. Hey, hey. And Mark Matthews. Hey, guys. Sorry, I've had no Wi-Fi. We've moved house. I've changed jobs. Life got in the way, you know? And last but certainly not least, Chelsea Burns. Hi, guys. Chelsea is joining us from Belgium. Chelsea, did you go get some Belgian ale or a waffle or something? Chocolate? Uh, Brews only. I've had two beers, and I've only been here for about two hours. So you're getting my best Chelsea today. Great. Is that the peak? Is that the peak amount for Chelsea? Is it two beers? Is that is that the right amount? Uh, I think three. Well, okay. okay, they were not two full beers. They were like two halves. So no, Mark. Mark, one time, Chelsea, what was that race you wanted to do? Or make up you and uh, Joe Brown were going to do like a hundred beers, hundred miles. No, we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that Ten. would be over peak. Would be a hundred. It's a, it's a large amount of beers and running that. Well, anyways, so we need to get a beer sponsor for next because we are out of sponsors for this week. So, luckily, though, I'm less fussy about beer than I am products related to tri- triathlon. So, literally, any beer, Kyle, I'll take. Would work. Yeah, it's fine. We're not going to. Does it have to be? It. Does it have to be real beer or? If uh, honestly, like at this athletic. point, I'd take Bud Light. I'm drinking Prosecco because we've run out of beer or wine in the house. I'd, I'd settle for Bud Light, mate. It's that bad. <laughs> Speaking of beer, right before we dive in, I don't know if anyone, uh, well, I'm sure everyone has seen it, but if you saw Magnus pour the beer over his head at Roth, was just simply amazing because it's totally something I would have done as well. Because so, it's yeah. heavier than it looks, isn't it? And he just <laughs> yeah. misses the back of his head and pours it on the ground behind him. <laughs> Is it alcoholic or no? No, I think he's doing an alcohol free. Yeah. Yeah. So, like yeah, that's where it belongs, if anything. <laughs> well, they're not going to sponsor the show, but on to the next one. Let's dive into Hamburg. We'll take Mikla Ultra, though. Yeah. Chelsea was actually in Hamburg, so she is our uh, insider on the ground. Chelsea, you want to tell us what happened this weekend? I'd love to. Can I first ask if any of you watched? Yes, both. Yes. I watched. I watched a women's race. All three. So I didn't know it was going to be on that early, but I will say the biggest like genuine smile came on when I saw that Flora had won. I was so happy for Flora because I know it's not been the year that she wanted. And to see her win, I was like, I was so happy for her, but that's all. Ed. Should have got up and watched the race, mate. You'd have enjoyed it even more. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I actually, sorry. What happened? Chelsea? I clicked, I clicked on the link and I saw Beth Potter crossing the finish line. And I thought <laughs> I was like, and then I saw Flora won, and I was like, Oh, so yeah, Chelsea, let's hit it. Okay. Anyways, yeah, I was there in the flesh, which was pretty fun for me. I haven't been to a World Series since I was racing at them, which was in 2019. So it was, I don't know, it's fun to go to a race and not have to get in the water. 
um, and just get to see your friends and watch triathlon. Did they give um, you a pass? Did you have all access pass or did they treat you like poop? I didn't officially get a pass, but you know, I know some people, so I did manage my way into the secret areas. But um, it's it's crazy too. I had I don't think I've seen that many people in one place since pre-COVID. The crowds were insane, and it was yeah, it was hard to spectate because there were so many people. But it was cool to see that many people come out because Hamburg is very electric in terms of just the crowd turnout. So, um, but as for the racing. Uh, Talbot only saw Beth cross the line, which means he didn't see the winner cross the line, who was Flora. I mean, I'm glad some of you guys watched it because it was crazy. I was spectating with Dan, Flora's husband. We were, I was chasing him and her brothers actually were there from Bermuda. Well, one of them was in Bermuda and they were there to watch and we were running around. And as soon as Dan found out she had a penalty, he was uh, he was pretty mad at her, and he was very nervous to tell her. But um, she not only left T two in last out of the group, but she served a ten second penalty, which meant she passed Beth Potter two times over the five k run and still won. So because um, her yeah. transition was terrible as well, and she rode hard, like she rode really aggressively on the bike to try and it looked like to try and put Beth Potter in the hurt zone and a couple of others. Yeah, they um they couldn't stay away. She was in a group her um Taylor Spivey and a few others that I think the moto pulled the Beth Potter group up pretty quickly. Um it was pretty frustrating to see the moto just slide in on this straight away, which meant Honestly, like, that's the first time I've ever heard you complain about moto and it's cuz it affected Flora negatively. Well, it's hypocrisy also is unbelievable, Chelsea. Didn't complain about it at the Olympics, but here No, <laughs> didn't mention it there, Pat, did okay, she? Not at can all. You guys just listen to me for one second. I was standing on the fence where the motos were parking and waiting to slot in on the straightaway. Like literally could have touched the guys. And I literally, they would pull in, stand in front of me, block me, go slot in between the two groups for two laps. And I'm like, what the heck? Chelsea, Don't, can I have a question? Don't for you? sound like Brett do you, think, do you think it's intentional or uneducated? I think it's uneducated. Then, like, but that's what makes no sense to me is, is why are we never going to educate these drivers? Why does Iron Man not say, but this. They drafting like this causes the race, like it runs the race. Like, why don't we ever educate these people? Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to defend the sport of triathlon here for a minute. Um, they they had this problem um, last Wednesday in the Tour de France stage, uh, Perry Bay. Really bad. Um, and so this is this is an issue of when you're bringing, you know, live television to an audience. And, and the bikes interfered. Now, it's made worse at the fact, as with the Perry Bay stage at Hamburg, because the roads there are just so narrow because they decide to split. They typically they go, they use one lane of traffic and turn it into two, uh, two-way traffic. So it, it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's part of the course's fault. And then you also have some drivers that have nowhere else to go. But the coverage, the coverage would suffer if we were to remove the drafting from the bikes. Yep. Do we want to watch or do we want to complain about the drafting? It's hard. We want to You're complain. Gonna... We want to complain about the drafting. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, Chelsea. I, I know what you mean. But it's even like with the, with, 
with the tour sometimes, like if the Peloton's got a bike and the breakaway's got a bike, you're like, ah, sort of equal. Like it kind of balances out. But with triathlon, it's only ever the front couple getting a camera and then no one else yeah. has a camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Charles, sorry, men's race. Do you want to finish women's race? I mean, Charles, well, Flora was insane. Yeah, Flora was insane. She, um, yeah, overcame goggles outside the box penalty to win. Beth Potter was second, who also had a pretty solid race. We were missing some big dogs like Georgia Taylor Brown. But third place was, okay, so Laura Lindemann is always on the Hamburg podium, but she wasn't t- t- yesterday, two days ago, whenever that was. But we had another German on the Hamburg podium. So the Germans always show up for Hamburg. Uh, this was Lisa Church, who is a recent Harvard graduate. Shout out to the USA. Wow. Um, you got some yeah, brains over there on USA Triathlon, hey? Sorry? There's some brains coming out of USA Triathlon universities. Oh, yeah. They're just not American. Yeah, that's a, well, yeah, fair. I mean, I was thinking of like, t- I was thinking like Taylor Nib out of a. Oh, uh, yeah. Cornell. Yeah, yeah, there's some educated triathletes on this circuit. Ivy League hits the circuit. Chelsea, um, can I ask you a uh, politically correct question, or maybe if so, not? I mean, you yes. come from Oklahoma, so I, oh. I'm going to guess with not. But okay. A co- sorry, more of a controversial question. That's yeah, more like it. There you go. The. <laughs> Do you think, and I'm not saying you could have, should have, would have, do you think Beth Potter would have been on the podium if they wouldn't have had the assistance from the moto vehicle? Or is that just hard to say? Um, it's hard to say. Her group was also being pulled pretty hard by Maya Kingma, who's a really strong cyclist. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell you. They wouldn't have caught Flora's group. Flora didn't wasn't getting a ton of help from her group. I think she's really missing people like Jessica Learmonth and Katie Zafiraz in that front. Um, bike group this year I was just talking to someone about this that not that the races are boring I don't want to say that because I really do want to pump up short course to you guys but um, we're missing a few exciting links that were there last year so I mean to be neither of the Hamburg races were boring that Flora finish with Beth Potts was incredible yeah and the men's race like Hayden Wild took the win and he made that look hard work in the end. I mean, it, he, he ran away clear, but for the first half of the run, like he made it interesting for us. Yeah. Um, so I guess we move on to the men's race. I think, okay, you can tell me it's not boring, but the reason I think it's boring is every single men's race is a big group. And it's just, they all seem to be kind of scared buying their time and waiting to run for a third, fourth, fifth, and just letting Hayden win um uh vince kind of told me this yesterday that he's really frustrated with how um a lot of these younger guys are racing and no one's really sorry really willing to go for it on the bike like they maybe were a few years ago in the kind of when the brownlees changed the sport a lot and it it is just becoming let hayden catch up after his swim and um watch him run away and try and get second third and fourth why why didn't they go with the south african riddle Jamie Riddle. Jamie Riddle just kind of got a little uh, toe off the motorbike. Apparently, he didn't even know he'd broken away. He just was like on the back of the bike, and the next thing he knew, he was away from the group. But I mean, it takes more than Jamie Riddle to, you know, ride away. And and Hayden is so strong on the bike too. So it really takes a pretty dominating effort at the very beginning out of the swim um, to stay away from 
essentially Hayden, who has become a very frustrating athlete to watch for me. He's very obnoxious as he crosses the finish line every time. <laughs> you're just you're throwing out the zingers between the bikes, drafting, Hayden. Um, I have two. I, I, have two pieces. I had two I, beers. I have two pieces I'd like to I'd like to add here. Um, okay. One, I would love to uh, make a few edits to some upcoming bike courses. And I think that would greatly change the dynamic in the men's race. So we've talked about this before. Dead turns on criterium courses allow for zero breakaways. Part two to that. Um, I think the ITU should reinstate lap premiums. So every lap on the bike first person across the line gets anywhere in the range of 500 to a thousand dollars. And I think that would greatly change the dynamic of the, of the, of the bike. So I think what it would, I think what it would do is, is you would look for athletes that look, the reality is that some, there's a bunch of people that finish between 21st and 50th. They stop prize money at 20th. So the person that thinks they're going to get 25th, they would go and try and, and grab a, a $500 premium. So I think you'd have a lot more um, a lot more change and a lot less complacency on the bike. But the biggest thing they have to get rid of if they want to change this is dead turns. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think just so everyone can visualize, if you've got a group of 30 guys, if they're all going around 180, that line that in a pack is a few meters long, literally quadruples in length and makes it so much easier for – the guys in the back um, who are just off the back out of the swim to catch up. So I'll back you on that one. I'm, I'm also, again, Chelsea and I agreeing with something ITU related is not something that happens every day. So if the two minds here can align on this, it must be true. Yep. Minds have aligned. What do you Sorry, think the ITU's rationale for, for this continue, this continuation of dead turns is? Um, I don't know. It seems like it's just like road closures, right? Like it's the roads they're able to shut down. Do they think that that makes it more technical, an element of having to do 180 degree turn? You're that was always, question. that was always, it became, yeah, it became that way. Um, it seemed in the quad between uh, London and Rio, they, they really started adding a lot more dead turns. I mean, this Hamburg course, for instance, it never changes. It's been the same for a really long time, and um, everyone knows it for what it is. It's really narrow in these parts that go through the city. It's it's cool. It's really hard. It's full on, but there are some 180s. I mean, um, do, do we think that triathlons at the level that it's so advanced that people are designing courses to make them hard? I do know that Flora got to design the Bermuda course, and I do know that that was a pretty stellar of a course, but I, I don't, I don't think that necessarily on the world triathlon circuit that they're like going around being like, let's design this amazing course. It's more like, how can we get the race going here? What are we going to close? Well, tune in for the world cup in Bergen that I think the Norwegians helped design. I saw a little screenshot of what it looks like the other day. And it literally, the listeners can't see my fingers right now, but it's like this. It's like a maze, like a Pac-Man maze for a tiny little section of it where it's like, turn, 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 turn. Hmm. So that's cool. But I have yeah, two I mean, comments yeah. from the men's race. Okay. Yeah, I do too. You go. First comment. Uh, did anyone see 
Jawad Abdumola get on the podium from Morocco. First time ever. Uh, yeah, incredible. I saw it, yeah. Chasing yeah. down Leo Berger. That was incredible. And I love second. Leo Berger, though, so I found it hard to watch. But then I realized he's from Morocco. And it's just great. to see, You always love developing nation in that sport doing well. So. To come up. He is. A note on him, though, he does train uh, in France. I think he's French, just races from Morocco. So he's got a French connection. Oh, in that case, fuck that guy. But, I mean, it's, cool, it's cool. He's a great runner. He's got <laughs> legs up to my armpit. His armpits. Very. And then the second thing, uh, we, we posted that Hayden ran a, I don't know, 1407, which is what it said on the results. And Hayden DM'd us his Garmin. And says that he had ran a thirteen fifty seven. So, not trying to add insult of injury. You guys, another you reason I love him. You, you can't trust the Garmin in a city circuit. So, if that was hooked up to, why a are we just bashing on Hayden today? Let's. I mean, yeah, we're not. We're, I don't. That's I don't insane. want there it is. Five you are, point. You, you are right. K. Of course, of course, Pat. You're right. Like, if you run around a city, you can't take a Garmin, but. That's you also can't trust an ITU track to be correct. I'm, 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 look, I'm a massive, I'm a massive Hayden Wild fan. I'm just saying you can't submit whatever, your, whatever your Garmin said in a city circuit is just, it's not you're, true. Of course so, you're right. Of course also, you're right. The Hamburg Run Course is known for being a tad short. It said five kilometers on his thing. I though. see that. We all see that, but we also don't believe satellites so Kyle, Kyle do me a favor put on your watch and I want you to go run about 20 laps around your local 400 meter track and then let me know if it's no it's not quite the same we all know running no, track I, comes we up gotta so have a track downtown downtown Oklahoma City okay we have a lot more to cover and Chelsea hasn't yeah. even got to the relay yet so hit us with the relay okay I mean, I, America can I just say team USA incredible to that you managed to scrape 13th out of that uh, we had a top, really our, nice top to our top 14 performance. Against, I just want to say it's 10 50 p.m. And the only reason I'm not in bed is because I want to defend the relay. That's the only reason I'm here. Okay. I mean, most of the athletes in the teams that beat you have never raised a World Cup. <laughs> but anyway, carry on. Okay. Just so everybody knows, relay was led off by Chase McQueen. Awesome kid. Great yes. athlete. Yes. Been on the pod. Bit, Has bit been a pod. guest. Um, one of us on the pod. Not a guest, but an us. Oh, he okay? was, yeah. yeah. So the poor kid flew in to Hamburg on Monday. He arrived Monday for a Saturday race. By Saturday and Sunday, his bike had still not arrived. It was sitting in Paris. So he raced both the individual and the relay on a staff member's bike. Okay? So relay. Kid has an amazing swim. He was first, second out of the water next to a Canadian. Hops on his bike. His chain was off his bike when he got on the bike. The transition goes up a tiny little ramp. So he's spinning, but there's no chain on the chain ring. Obviously, that doesn't propel your bike forward and hinders <laughs> your ability to get up the ramp. The kid had to get off the bike, put the chain on the chain ring. Took about a minute. And yes, the U.S. was never able to reconnect to the group. It was not a great performance, but it doesn't reflect the greatness of our nation, Mark. <laughs> and our founding fathers doth say, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm only pulling your leg because you can't seem to pull off a relay. I didn't realise it was poor old Chase McQueen up first. Had I known it was, you know, co-presenter, I, I would have maybe not pointed out that you came 13th. 
He actually and we won, by the way. That night. I mean, have you all heard of everyone in our team? Um, yeah, I have. But you Just, guys, you don't I count. Haven't. You don't count. I have. Okay. I, I became pretty good friends with Sam Dickinson okay. in Chicago. Sam but um, I just want to say, okay, the U.S. was 13th. We can probably stop talking about them. Another blunder we can put behind us. As for the teams who were in the race, Germany, who Kyle picked about 17 times to win, <laughs> did, did not win. Um, <laughs> did not win. <laughs> they were on the podium. They had not one but two penalties. And I know Pat it gets really frustrated that the athlete – who goes last serves the penalties. I hate it. For whoever doesn't like, they don't do the. They deed. should have to do it on their leg. Right. They should just put a penalty box just before the handover, and they have to do it there. Right. So poor it. Laura Lindemann served the penalties for athlete number two and three. Athlete number two, Lisa Turch, who was on the podium the day before in the individual race, got a swim behavior penalty for nearly drowning. Japanese athlete Yuko Takahashi. It was very visual on the screen that she literally pulled the poor girl backwards. Is it on the YouTube? Can we find that? Um, Maybe. Or on Trath Online. Wait, Chelsea, who scratched Rachel Clammer? I don't know, because she wasn't in the race. I didn't. Oh, she posted and she said something about girls, let's work together. You know who did this as well as I do. And she had like all these like claw marks on her neck, and all of a sudden, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure who in particular scratched Rachel Clammer. I don't have that level of detail, but that Hamburg swim is very tight. They dive off a pretty narrow pontoon, swim through a tunnel that you're in the tunnel within 100 meters or so, do a really tight 180, it was, and you it swim was... back through the tunnel. So there's just no space. Athletes are inevitably on top of each other, and there is some physical activity going on. It was on. probably Flora. Like, if you're willing to cheat and avoid putting your goggles in the basket so blatantly, you know, what What else are you prepared to do? Yeah, yeah it, I would agree had Flora not been, like, a mile ahead of Rachel Clammer in this one. Um, do you have any information on how come Canada DNF'd? Um, they, the first athlete got a flat. Wow. What a bummer. Oh, they, ride it round on they just didn't have a They just didn't have a wheel pit for him. Correct. Do you guys know anything about foam cores? Yeah, I could. Shut I could. Up. I could talk Stop. about Shut that. Up. In... Shut up. Shut we up. We could talk We're about that in the next segment. Wait, no, let's not advertise that. Okay, just wondering. Okay. Anyways, also on the podium was Australia, who everyone thought was done, <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> um, yeah, they're back. They're back. <laughs> they're back. So we had. Here was the order. British C team, Australia, New Generation, and Germany with two penalties. Aw, oh, Natalie's been around for a hot minute. Yeah, she has. Um, I didn't give a nod to Matthew Hauser, who was also second the day before in the individual. Race, yeah. He had a really good, good race. Good performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That, I mean, Australia will probably take that home, and that will be in, like, the Noosa Times. Brisbane, everything that's going to be world news. Why are we bashing on Australia again? I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying it's big. It's big for their. It's big for their country. Yeah, and they have. They're they're one of the greatest sporting nations in the world. Second at the Hamburg National Arena is not big for the country. They also have like four COVID cases this week in Hamburg. They were working with limited resources. I'm proud. Can I say one more thing that you guys are all going to appreciate? Yes. 
So I know last time I was on, we discussed the commentary situation, which we think requires some improvement. We said that Helen and Trevor are maybe a little bit boring. Do we remember this? Yeah. I said that it was more the show. It, it was. It's hard to commentate, but I said okay. I think it's more the production. But yeah, production. Well, I found myself the other day sitting at a table having cake with Helen, and we were talking about the the commentating. And I asked her, like, I don't know, kind of giving her some feedback and like kind of asking how it's going. And she said to catch up on information, she has to listen to a lot of has to listen to a lot of podcasts. And she said she listens to ours. Oh no! Awkward. <laughs> but like I told you that 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 presenter I really like on World Triathlon. <laughs> yeah. She's lovely as well, though, isn't she? Yeah, she's like, so nice. Oh my! Yeah, and we do. It's so easy to sit here on a little podcast. The amount of times this happens, no, I don't. Like, oh, they actually listen. I don't think it's. I like I said again. I even you can go back and listen to my statement. I don't think it's the commentating. I think it's the production. World Triathlon. I'll, I'll say it right here. They suck at the show. They suck at it. They, you got to make it to where it's entertaining and exciting. Oh, and it's, music no, it's just and, not American, is it? There's not. There's not enough fireworks. Like, it's not only really that. Like, like go watch, go watch F1. Go watch F1. I mean, it's not yeah, American. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no. entertaining from the start. These are great races that are happening, and they don't make it. Great. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah. But it was Talbot, Helen, if you're listening. But no, that, like, it was it not. That's such a lie. <laughs> also, we really do think you're really intelligent and good at your job, Helen. Oh, my God. Compared to Iron Man. Like, let's be very, very clear. <laughs> Helen, if yeah. I could give you any criticism, you notice Chelsea, she's a new human on the show tonight. But she had two beers. So the next race, just have two beers before. And you'll see it. You'll see it. Right, we've got some other races to cover. Come on. Okay. Is that, can I go to bed? If, if you feel like you are uh, have said your piece about the race. I feel like I've said my piece. Okay, have a pint you're not, of water. You're not going to bash me if I go, if I leave. A pint of water, two ibuprofen, and then get yourself to bed. I think you okay. could have another beer. Another beer and then all that stuff. Okay. Until Claire Bye, Chelsea. Hello. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me in this state. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. Man, Chelsea's going to have to have some more beers on that one. Yeah, let's. I mean, we need to make sure she snockered up every every podcast she does. She just slammed on Hayden Wild, Helen Jenkins. Who Might else be did her she best cover? segment, <laughs> best segment ever. Man. So right, what else have we got? Let's can we go with uh, Iron Man Victoria? Yeah, let's knock it out. Yeah, so the the men's pro field, um, it actually had like quite a few good names in it. Leon Chevalier was there, who's had some good recent wins, but he punctured out T two, never got back in the race. Patrick Nielsen was there, who was sort of in the second group, but he's leading for a while. Second group came into transition and then ran a little bit and died a horrible death. He ran like, but he finished people. So big credit to Patrick Nielsen, having had a lot of DNFs. He basically jog walked a four and a four hour, 45 minute marathon to come in in just under left just under 10 hours 10 hours just under 10 hours yeah 10, 959 basically he spent four and a half four forty five on the marathon so fair play finishing but the race then left to the, the typical Camworth massive bollocks approach to racing as Sam Laidlow described it uh, which is where you just go full send on the bike and then he was getting ran down um pretty hard by Nick Castletine and the Spanish athlete uh, Emilio Mono Monos. Did you see this? 
So Emilio Manoz, who's a local athlete, got to sorry, he's an Italian athlete, got to within maybe 70 meters of Camworth. He ran 10 minutes into him in the first 30k, and then he cramped up and uh, blew up and out he went. But he ran 10 minutes into him in 30k on home turf. But in the end, Nick Castletine shined through, took the win with Camworth in second place. So those 13. Two got 13 minutes Nick Castle and ran into Cam Warrior. Yeah. Who's, who doesn't have their text messaging figured out on silence on this, Kyle? It'll what, be bloody Talbot again. Like Laura Jean doesn't yeah. say, he's not allowed to. Oh, so don't, don't worry, guys. My wife's printing something in the office right now, so that's my printer that's that we hear. Um, <laughs> the last, this, is I why we'll never be, this is why we'll never be as pro yeah. as Lance Armstrong and their, their forward. I want to say the funniest thing about Cam Warrior is he – I love Cam, and I'd say this to him right now. He is such a little snake. He does not want anyone to know that he's doing an Ironman, and he'll show up and he'll do it. And if he does good, he'll let all of his – he'll let Tiger Woods know, and he'll let all – he'll let Tom <laughs> Brady know, comment, yeah. and he'll let everyone know. <laughs> but then if he, if he does good, he'll let them all know. But if he doesn't, then he's like, you never even knew he even existed. You didn't even know he's even on the start It's true. It's so true. I love Cam, but that is the most Cam race. He was happy. He was a, gr- a um, grateful loser, but uh, he did I, he did check his Kona slot, so we will see Cam and Kona. Yeah, and I do I do want to give a shout out to Nick Castellane for winning. Um, Nick and I yeah, were sure. never never friends, or we didn't even really chat much, but we lived in the same complex for a really long time in Vittoria Gas Days. So I know that this would have really felt like a hometown uh, race for Nick. So shout out to him for winning. That would that would have been a really cool one for him. Yeah, massive. And he's he's been a figure in the sport for a long time, largely because of his training partner. And then he's nice to see him grab some of his own results now, which is cool. Yep. That's all I've really got on that race. Cam's an absolute weapon on a bike. Now Moving on. Let's dive into challenge Watkins Glen. Clash. Oh, sorry. sorry. Clash. All right. Like, honestly, how on earth how on earth does Starkovitz beat Jason West? Oh, in easy. this day and age, easy. I, I, I just how much must he have ridden into him? I didn't the see the time. course. The bike course was very difficult, according to. Okay, because I didn't think we'd see. I didn't. I must admit, I didn't think think we'd think we'd see Starkey winning a race again. Yeah, um, to be honest, Mark, there's some athletes in America that, uh, well, not only athletes in America that, but all around, but that really, really, I'm going to say it's the politest way possible, require groups and packs, and if they do not have those, they have a very tough day. Yeah, but I mean, uh, no, I've just seen what it was. The bike was two hours long, but the run was only an hour long. Yeah. So the swim like was 30, quite long as well. It's like a 42-mile bike and a nine-mile run. Yeah, so the nice swim point. was long, 27 minutes for the lead group. Then it's a normal-length bike course where he put five, six minutes into them. And then it was, because it was a short run, Starkey ran 58, Jason West ran 54, but Starkey only won by 50 seconds. So if it had gone to a half marathon, Jason West would have beat him. Got yeah. it. Yeah, is this, but it guys, a little bit longer bike too. Go on. Does this, does this race exist next year? Okay, and on to the next race, 70.3 Oregon. Oh, we're going to do the women. Sophie Watts took a 
comfortable, serious win in the women's race over Hayley Chura in second and Leslie Smith took home third place. But uh, shout out to Sophie Watts. She won a short race by almost eight minutes. Yeah. Now you can go, Talbot. <laughs> I was being I was being a jerk. Uh, 70.3 Oregon. Uh, super but Wait, 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 wait. Let's answer this question real quick. Does Clash Watkins Glen exist past this year? So why wouldn't that? I'm confused. I guess I guess I just I think about the Clash series as a whole, and just is there is there room for it in in U.S. triathlon? Mark, what what we're getting at was Clash was was essentially challenge America, yeah. Yeah. and uh, because of the owners, uh, I don't want to say pride. He they separated. We talked about disagreements. Disagreements. They separated, and now uh, he's doing his own thing. Uh, just to give everyone a little bit of intel, I, th- I believe that there was 60 males amateur athletes that did the race. So uh, that, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I mean – Got it. Got it. I, 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 I don't know why they would have split away from challenge. I feel like that the, you do need a backbone. Uh, so it's just unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I, I don't think that Clash will ever see the level that the PTO Championship in Daytona was in 2020, unfortunately, with them kind of severing the relationship with PTO and Challenge. Um, they have opportunities say- for multiple races. Uh, I think they're doing Clash Atlanta this year as well. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe this is right, to- right. You can race maybe five, six, seven races in a year. And when you've got Collins Cup, two PTA races, 70.3 Worlds, Kona, then you add the likes of maybe Roth or whatever it might be. Like, mm-hmm. There aren't many pros to go around. Like, yeah. You just, I don't know. I just, I, I wish that, you know, these clash races, they would have. They're going to, I, I really like the idea of racing at a car racing circuit. Same. Think, it was awesome. I think that's awesome for the sport. They've just got to figure out their. Maybe it's one instead of doing a three race series. Maybe it's just one massive race at either the very end or the very beginning of the year. But I think this idea of floating around—it's just—it's—it's it's too few athletes spread too thin. But and, Clash and- just has to find their hook. Like every race has a reason why Daytona. it is iconic. Yeah, so they Daytona. have to find their hook of what that is. Daytona, Daytona is their coming that way. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I'd, I think- I'd go and race Daytona, for instance. Yeah. Um, 70.3 Oregon. Uh, the only critique I have for it is the swim. I mean, even Big Mets himself said that he was disappointed on how slow the swim was because they swam around 16 minutes. They thought it was going to be around 10 to 12. Uh, that's a pretty fast swim. Uh, I would say Cosmel's pretty fast, but 10 minute swim is pretty freaking fast. Uh, Big Mets, though, who what distance was that swim? It's a half It's one point two. One point two. It's a current. It's a massive current. It's insane current. Like you could sixteen twenty five swim for Metzler. Wow. But you could, uh, but, you could literally ooh. get in a rubber floaty and float down and easily make the swim cut off. Probably swim faster than what I would normally swim in a normal race. So sort of forty five, fifty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> mm, an hour. Um, an hour. The- all that matters to me here in this race really was Justin Metzler taking a win. I, 
Really happy to see Justin Metzler take a win. He's a bit of a stalwart on the scene. He's had some hard times. And I saw Jeannie post today as well. Um, it was nice to see her come out of maybe some slight social media recluse, clearly having a, a, a difficult time herself. So a family win is always nice. Yeah, I yeah, would, would agree on that. We, we were talking about the race the night before. Lionel's training partner, Ari, is, was also in the race. But Lionel's like, I think Big Mets is going to win it. This might be, this might be his, uh, his chance. So the only confusing thing was Kenneth Peterson. Uh, Pat, uh, I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah. He, had a, he had like a five and a half minute lead into transition on Big Mets, but then oh, just no, he didn't even take he didn't even walk out of transition. But I was just like, why would you travel somewhere and ride the bike as hard as you can and then just DNF? I do know a guy who recently did that in Roth this last week, but still for Kenneth. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, controversial. Yeah. See the women is- the women as well, Dan- Daniela Lewis, Miranda Carver, and Heather Jackson took third. And then yeah. Hannah Wells down in fourth. Mm-hmm, I-, mm-hmm. I sort of expected more from her in a way. Yeah, yeah, same. Also, Big Mets was passed around mile eight, and then he repassed the guy. So it was a satisfying win. If you watch his little victory speech, he started tearing up. So those, those are all pretty cool moments. Ballsy, ballsy. Um, and I think that's it. Ironman Switzerland. Do you want to talk about Danielle Riff winning by 26 minutes? Or? I don't understand. Me and Talbot didn't understand this. I mean, she won by 26 minutes and it made it look easy. But I, she ran like a, what did she run? A 319, something like that? Yeah, like a 319. I don't know why. Like, I, I don't believe it saves that much energy, like long term fatigue. It's just th- a very slow I th- run. I think a 310 and a 319 would have been the same pain. I. I I personally almost think sometimes, not sometimes, I personally think that she might have been struggling a bit. Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. what I thought. So. Uh, is, this, is this Daniela going to have two bad races now? We'll all write her off for Kona and she'll win by 17 minutes again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But but still, I, I kind of look at some of these races and I'm like, why is Daniela doing this? Why is she not showing up at Edmonton next week? Like let's uh, all... she always races. I quite like the fact she always races her home race. She probably gets a hefty appearance fee. Like it's probably good for her local sponsors. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It does. Yeah. She don't forget. But like traveling transatlantics and bit of a noughts. Like yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Do we so want she... to talk about some rankings or PTO I points? Do. We we have to talk about no. We have, to... have to talk about the rankings. I'm we so have... annoyed by that. Because I'm the biggest PTO advocate on the face of the planet. And Thorsten, what in the hell is Ma- – I mean, I love Magnus. His performance was incredible. I even texted in our group text. I think it deserves a 113 to 114 points. But 117, for those who don't know in this ranking system, that goes down as the greatest long-distance Ironman distance performance in the history of triathlon. Not only long-distance – that goes down as the greatest performance in the history of triathlon. Magnus's Roth performance for the men, for the men, not for the women. There's been women that have had more points historically. That's, the yeah, yeah. But 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 let's not let's not get in the habit. Let's not get in the habit. Let's not get. Yeah. So as far as the men go, this is the greatest points ever allocated for a men's race. I just better, better than Roth. 
Jan Ferdino, 2016, better than Ironman World Championship, Hawaii 2019 for Jan, and better than Christian Blumenfeld's uh, World Championship performance this year in St. George, which I don't agree with at all. Mark, what are your thoughts? I think the women's points were worse. Like, yeah, I would agree. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I messaged Thorsten about it, and he said, well, we can chat sometime. One thing he does point out, though, is that Thorsten's metrics don't take into account factors like moto pacing. So that is that is up to the referees and the race organizers to ensure a fair race that's not impacted by that. So his rankings don't look at something like that. They look at a course, best possible scenarios across the across that course so he concedes that you know if if moto pacing really affects those legs which i think he did for some of the women or ridiculously so and some of the men heavily then you ends up with a situation like this but 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 we 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 talked about this we we we, from what we had last talked to thorsten about there is a group of athletes at the pto and they sit down and they decide what the points are and they adjust it so why why wasn't that? Uh, there's a verifying panel. I mean, they pushed them out quite quickly if that happened as well. And I don't think he's athletes now. I think that was a proposal. Yeah, uh, I I'm the biggest Magnus fan in the world. I am so proud of his performance. But I mean, th- this needs to get retracted. I mean, th- you're going to screw up the record books forever now. Because of some Same thing yeah, they did with Iron Cosmel. Yeah, but I think Pat. I think Mark provided an explanation. Now, previously on the pod, we talked about many times how Roth has the biggest vehicle assistance out of any race besides probably Dubai. Um, so to me, hearing that, hearing that, you know, what, what Mark has said via Thorsten, that to me provides the explanation. They can't account for drafting and motor pacing on the course. We know how bad it is at Roth. So now I'm at peace with the points because, of course, now they're going to be way out. They're going to be way out of bounds of what we believed would be normal, as is the case with how bad the drafting is at that event. Perfect okay. summarize. And I posted some stats that came out. So there's a lot of studies on drafting, and someone uh, drew them all together into some quite helpful infographics. Uh, Dan Bingham posted them on his Twitter. I think I had it on Instagram. So if you're 40 meters behind a motorbike with a camera, this is traveling near a 50k an hour, which is what Magnus is doing, let's be clear. You have to push 10% less power to achieve the same speed. And 40 meters. 40 meters is insane. You 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 would the person that the person that's holding the camera, they wouldn't be able to get the rider in focus at 40 meters. No. So then at, at 20 meters. Uh, riding at 50k now, you're looking at like 16, 17% less power required to achieve 50k now. I mean, that's, but what you don't, what people don't understand is the race organizers and the referees, they don't know it. They don't believe that. They don't believe it's that significant. And the head official of Ironman does not believe because he went to Kona and he did his studies and he said that there is no draft. Yeah, like the women's race, that is ridiculous, Talbot. The women's race had motorbikes clearing the course at 40 metres, then a camera bike at 15 metres. So you had a 15 and then a 40 metre bike and you're sat behind it as you were, if you were leading that race. Same for the men's. And what you don't understand is imagine when these motor, when the, the camera guys are standing up, they they are providing about like the, the most I, glorious draft you could ever yeah. experience. So those, those stats, Pat, the ones I've just read out are with cameraman on the back. 
but it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, we've we've sort of done that a bit. But I don't. Well, those points are stupid. I agree. Yeah. But the athletes that I, 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 I really like, by the way. So you're talking yeah, like Patrick got good points. Magnus, Anne Howe, Fenella, whatever. I, I guess it just uh, it sucks because we were all starting to come together and be like, wow, this point system is pretty freaking legit. Like these are yeah, yeah, like we yeah. were all coming together and then they throw something out like this. And I'm like, what in the actual hell is this? So. Right. Come on. Let's I, not, I would let's say. Not, let's not spin a negative. We... La- lastly, before we move on, I'd say the biggest loser from this, though, that hurt the most is Laura Phillip. Because she had an incredible performance in Hamburg uh in her iron man and didn't get sniffed the points that and just yeah got but, but off, at least so. i don't think it affected the order did it or did it bump it yeah, up? yeah yeah and bumped up and bumped oh, up <laughs> okay so i mean and that's that's some cash like it, it's just it's unfortunate but, yeah but uh, there's also there's also athletes like uh if you look at uh, the it, it bumped Vanilla Language up to eleventh overall in the PTO standings, which means if you, if they go off the top six rankings of the Collins Cup, she's just pushed Holly Lawrence out of a Collins Cup slot. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, and I know Mark always gives me crap for saying this, but I asked Lionel, I'm like, oh, did you know you moved down in the uh, rankings? And he was like, oh, I thought I was like third or something. I was like, no, Magnus and uh, Patrick jumped ahead of you, and he was like. I mean, like, if that's what I'm concerned about, then I don't care at all. I know I can beat them in a 70.3 10 times out of 10. And he was like, he's like, Patrick will probably get me an Ironman, but because let him get points like that at Roth, if that, if that makes the point system happy. What we probably struggle to appreciate right now that we'll feel that we'll know a lot more of in two weeks is just how the the skewing of the points for Edmonton Collins Cup and the PTO races really change and alter this whole thing. So because there's the five percent at Edmonton as well, hey. Yeah, mm-hmm. having having the having that little booster, this weird occurrence at Roth, you'll go okay, understood. But I the the five percent difference now at Edmonton in these races that are upcoming are going to change the game um, as far as the points yeah. are concerned. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But still, I mean, Magnus got like 129 points. That was with his 10%, yeah. With his 10% of his best Ironman, which is freaking insane. You know, yeah, but just to, I mean, you still have to be phenomenal to do that, by the way. Yeah. Let's be clear. Magnus rode the first 30 minutes to go past Patrick and get to the front. So to make sure he didn't get Patrick on his wheel and to get to the front. When he went past Patrick, he was pushing 500 watts. And he averaged 400 watts for the first 30 minutes of an Ironman bike split. <laughs> and Jan and Magnus outrode yeah. Sam by what, 13 minutes or nine minutes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's you can start to take the bike into account there. But what you can't take the bike into account is raw numbers like 400 watts for 30 yeah. minutes at the start of an Ironman. And our listeners can relate to that. Most of them have got power meters. Yeah. Disgusting watts. So, yeah. Legend. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So PTO rankings. Uh, another little—I'll uh, give a hint. I do know the uh, tentative uh, locations of the PTO tour. I ain't gonna say anything else more than that. But all I'm gonna say is, you guys better be excited for next year because PTO is doing big things, and what it's more, gonna is be. It, do they keep the Dallas and Edmonton race? Uh, yeah, so the locations that the PTO Tour is picking, those are five-year contracts. 
So it's got two more races next year, is it? So they're um, they're adding well, the the goal for the PTO is to do four events in one year, and one so, of them is long, isn't it? One and of one of them will be a one of them will be a two hundred k, and that will rotate every year amongst the um, events. So cool, it's awesome. So there's going to be a European Open, European Asian Open, or something. Or? Asia Pacific. Yeah, Asian ones, Afghanistan, and the European one is uh, just on the Polish-Ukrainian border. <laughs> spicy uh, races. And then, and then from spicy. there, you're going to go to Dallas, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, more chance of getting shot there than the other two. But anyway. Oh yeah. my <laughs> god. Jeez, jeez. So, but, but I guess I guess it just it it's very exciting because we are hitting a new era in triathlon with these uh, PTO events and. I, I can't wait to see the production and what all PTO does next week at uh, in Edmonton. I can't wait for people to follow along. So for a quick preview of the PTO Canada race, are you guys, do you guys think that everyone's basically fighting for third place or do you think that there's realistically 10 guys or 10, 10 guys, let's start with the men's race first, 10 guys that could win this race? No, there's not 10. There's not 10, but there's, the I, I believe that the win is wide open. I I'd, I'd argue against it. I'd say that there's two guys fighting for the win. And then so, everyone yeah. else is fighting for third? I don't want to say fighting for third. I mean you 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 start a triathlon, you, you show up to race to race. So but those I, I would say Gus and Blue are on another level. I mean, they've literally been at altitude for two months for this race. Focus oh, on it. Don't get carried away. Yeah, dude. I'm no, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna fight for my boy Lionel on this one. And I just think you are gonna see you are gonna see uh, a dude. I mean, this is his, this is his, his hometown of a race as you're gonna get. I'm yeah. saying it. And and I would say you this is the this is definitely this is way more stacked than the 70.3 worlds last year. But you're only missing probably three of the key athletes, maybe four key athletes in the world that could get on the podium. You're missing Jan Ferdino. You're missing Martin Van Riel. Uh, Vincent Louis might show up. We don't know. He's commented on Henry Schumann's post saying that he is coming. But then he just recently posted that he hasn't been feeling too good. So he might show up. Uh, and then you're, and then maybe Yella Geens. Other than that. Sam Long not being yeah. there. That's a- yeah. I don't, right. think, I don't, I don't think it's Sam in America. It'll be fine. As long as it's in America, Sam will be all right. Don't worry about it. Um, what do you guys think as far as the top men, top top U.S. men? Who's who's it going to be? Uh, I mean, I only care about who wins the race. I don't care about who gets ben top Knute. U.S. men. Ben Canute, you think he's going to have a, a bounce back? Better second half of the season than the first. It's him or Rudy Von Berg, isn't it? First, first U.S. male. Rudy said he's been sick, so no, no. Jason West or Colin Chartier. Nah. Jason West won't. My... Jason West won't do too hot because it's a twenty meter draft rule. Um, jeez, <laughs> guys, Talbot. I, I'm, you... I'm not hating. I'm just saying I, I, that is not. That's not really no, 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 I'm just you're saying right. that that's the not sport unfair. changes when you go to a twenty meter draft. Yeah. Rule. There's a bunch okay. of guys that. Yeah, yeah that's not offensive. That is a fair action. point. Okay. Yeah. Here's my Talbot. You and that, that's where someone like Lionel will will thrive. Someone like Magnus, he will do a lot better when it's a twenty meter draft rule. Okay, Talbot, you, I've been having I've been having 
like pretty solid athletes reach out to me about understanding if there's still wild card slots available. Yeah. Are the, is the men's field full? And I mean, like, are there still people that can roll on to the list if, if uh, PTO there, decides to bring them on? There are wild card slots to, to be announced. I believe, Pat, that they had a total of like 10 wild cards. And those are wild cards, like uh, completely random. Like fan then, favorites or whatever, however yeah, they want. Yeah, like, like a Vincent Louie. Okay, yeah. but then there is still slots available that are rolling down through the PTO ranking system as well. Yeah. So um, That's great. No, that's, great. They, that's been that's done there. So they've announced all of those that have auto-qualified, and I think it's just the wild cards left. Was my understanding. So I, I do realize what we go. We got to go back because there was a bunch of critics. The lower tier pro professional athlete critics were like, "Oh, the PTOs just helping the rich get richer." There is some lower tier athletes, pro athletes, ranked that are racing in this race. So let's not. No, just they have to. Be, they have to be ranked in the top fifty. But they're going lower than that for the wild. But they're cards. going lower than that for the wild cards. There is, oh, okay. yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of wild cards that are lower than yeah. that. Got it. So, yeah. so yeah. Pat, how how many drafting penalties do you think Yuri Colon's going to rack up on a twenty meter after draft rule? <laughs> Who? Who? He's the, he's the lad that got done drafting in Mallorca and took the tape. He's won a very good race since then, so he redeemed, but. But Jeez. three races, he had three races in a row of drafting penalties, and two of he, which he, he got DNF'd from him. I, you're absolutely right, he did. He is a very good athlete, by the way. Like, I think we'll see him in the next few years win some, win some serious races. But... Win some bangers. Yes. Anyways, uh, PTO Canada for the women's side. Um, is there any names on this list that you're just like, amped? I mean, I'm bummed. I'm bummed that we're not going to see Flora Duffy. I feel like this could have been it finally, but she is going. She did get offered a wild card, but she turned it down because she's heading to um, games. Cobb Games. But don't 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 count her out for Dallas. Yeah. So for that though, I mean, I think Laura Phillip. Laura, Laura, Laura Phillip going against going against some some hot females. Yeah, I, it's a big race, and you haven't seen Laura Phillip do really well in big races before. But uh, Taylor Nib, Emma Pallant Brown's on very good form. Jackie Herring's good at the moment. Should you know, we ask? Should we ask Taylor Nib's manager if she's going to race? What? <laughs> Is Taylor Nib racing? And guys, don't I can't be put in these. My position on the pod is. Uh, it's just me on the pod. I can't. We can't be tapping into too yeah, much. Yeah, Talbot. Uh, I'm out of order, Talbot. Right. You can't ask him to betray his own So no, I mean, we. I got to keep everything close. We right. can't I'm, eat where we poop. We can't eat where we poop. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't. I'm just here. Pat. I wasn't pooping on Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Radcliffe Caffel, who's going to be on the race list that got a wild card slot. I'm kind of excited to see her race. She hasn't been able to turn up to any. Big name races in the last couple of years. Um, she did an Ironman a couple of weeks ago, didn't she? Yeah, exactly. Two athletes I'm disappointed I don't see on this list is Lisa Norton and also Cat Matthews. I wish both of them were going to be there. I feel like that they could have easily collected at least fifty grand, which could have helped Cat and her husband pay for mm, some of the house down payment. But at least fifty grand was guaranteed. It Pat. 
Okay, here's the I thing. Mean, I'm not going to I'm not you're disappointed. Them. How do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> no. Cat's like bigger picture Kona Kona and I'm like, "No, she's right. Grand. I get to hang she's, out with she's Mark." She's absolutely right. You've got but to pick we, your now goals. Now we don't get to hang I can't, I can't hang out with you now. You've got to pick your goals, decide what's important to you and then work out the best path to get there. Like not get distracted by doing tin pot races like PTO Edmonton. No, oh, that's not a pot race. I'm joking. It's huge money. It, it was a massive, like, it was, she's really torn by it. If she hadn't done sub eight, she would definitely have done this. And she will do Dallas and Collins Cup, et cetera. Yeah. And I believe it's 100 for the win, correct? It's huge. It's huge. Because Lionel was trying to decide between Montremblant and Edmonton for a little while, which because if you if he won Montremblant, he was going to get four grand. <laughs> and was that... I guess, That's incredible, I, isn't it? Now, but and, the question was: the question was, is that four thousand Canadian or four thousand US? <laughs> That's really good because we we did all the math when we were there joking around, and I think he spent around six and a half grand to get there and all that. So he was only down two grand at the end of the. That's only because he has to pay you to go with him. No, I, I pay for all all my stuff is paid for by myself. By his YouTube channel. Yeah, by his YouTube channel. He doesn't pay me anymore. I, yeah. I think, is that more uh, more more of a gamble than going to Vegas? Is is going to Ironman races? Oh, some of the small ones, yeah. Uh, for Cat Matthews to show up in Edmonton, is that a gamble? No, that's a guaranteed fifty k. It, you're absolutely right. Which you know, that's why it's a hard decision. Like, <laughs> Mark's like, when, if I was challenged, I was flying across the world to take fifty grand. I'd be getting on the plane tomorrow. <laughs> I'd be on there now, yeah. But it's a lot of money to win Kona. Yeah, it's true. But not that much more. Uh, once you add sponsors and what people yeah, care about. True, 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 true. Hopefully that changes. All right. What's the text segment of the day? What's yeah, this phone for thing? Uh-uh. Yeah. No, text segment. So I want to talk about a couple of things. Um, one, I wish that World Triathlon did uh, a little bit better. I thought they could do really well if they were just taking photos of athletes bikes in transition and just putting up galleries, just like an old fashioned tech gallery. I think that that would be something that's quite fascinating. Um, you know, the, the next thing I was talking about thinking about was more of a nutrition piece. And one thing that we hear about again in pro cycling all the time is the use of ketones and early on in, in the creation or really in like when ketones were being popular or popular, um, or, and hard to get, we heard about it a little bit with British triathlon, but that's not something that we really hear of anybody using in like the half Ironman distance or the Ironman. I know, I know at least three people that use them heavily. Okay. But they, and, and, and so I just, it's, but it's not controversial whether you use them or don't. It's, it's just that it's not, it's not very spoken about. And so I, yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think basically it's the, it's the crossover between the extreme cost which like pro like what was the what was the amount of money that um uh one of the pro cyclists spent himself on ketones like he was spending twenty thousand a year on his sure. own ketones because ketones is obviously patented and that they only can be bought from one place which is a labs in oxford uk designed and made ketones so i think i think pat that there are a couple of people some very wealthy athletes using them and at least experimenting with them but i honestly just think it's the cost versus the you're not quite sure if they work or not. Sure. Oh, hold sure. on. Can you tell me what ketones are? I don't know what ketones are. It, I think here's, a, here's I'm going to give the layman's term for it. Basically, it's a 
beverage that you take and primarily guys are taking it or gals are taking it at the towards the end of a uh massive endurance effort so think of in the last 5k of a marathon because it helps uh turn as much fat into an energy source as possible so like when i was messing around with them when i was out training just sampling i would take them at you know hour 315 of a four-hour ride and you know, see if I felt any better the last 45 minutes. So it's not something that you would just take like from hour one to hour eight of a, of an Ironman. Mark, is that a fair, is that a fair, uh, like the easiest description possible of yeah, it? Yeah. It just allows you to break essentially it allows you to utilize more than just carbohydrate fuel source, um, at a higher rate of activity. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty- sort of large. So, so it's a very, and it's, it's synthesized chemical, compound that was developed in the uk that you can drink and it basically allows you to use that and fat rather than your carbohydrate reserves as a direct energy source so you're saving your liver and muscle glycogen for later in the race biggest thing was it was that you know the the, like when i was all the ones that that were sent to me i mean at the time those were 50 dollars like per use right so yeah you were you were have you know i mean it it adds up right but uh it was actually developed from military use so yeah. it was funded by uk military um yeah. as a way of like providing sustained energy sources for troops like it, it, it there's very good science behind it the, the other thing is it's disgusting it tastes oh. awful doesn't it pat it's i i um it's i, I can't describe it how horrible it is i i don't think i've ever taken you know we've all done shots in bars nothing comes close to as been as bad as that is it, it's it's I mean, it's similar to that. I mean, it's like if you'd want to do a big gulp of tequila in the middle of a ride. I mean, Over the middle of an Ironman. That's a perfect that's what you got. That's what you got to get get yeah. ready for. Agreed. I hate to say this, uh, given that they could potentially sponsor the show later in the year, uh, but is it worse tasting than Athletic Greens? <laughs> <laughs> athletic um, Greens is substantially better value for money. It it yes, and it and probably much healthier for you just on the whole. So I think that's probably the biggest one for my tech segment today. Um, Mark, did you listen to last week's te- tech segment and have any thoughts? Oh man, what did, was that? I haven't been able to catch up. What was um, last week's? You know, tech I segment? talked about my observation of you know how how well uh, Bike Exchange has been doing in time trials, and if people in triathlon are going to all of a sudden think about what, who they're using and go that's those standout performances um, might be something that's interesting that I want to chase down. Is this in relation to certain bits of kit? Yeah. To, I mean, I'm presuming that that's, that's one of the big things that they're finding at, at bike exchange. And then it's uh, you know, the other, the other pieces that come along with that, but yeah. Like if you want to learn about cycling in triathlon you've got to watch world cycling like they are almost always ahead and you see the weird and the wonderful come out of triathlon but i would i would be looking at um yeah i'd be looking at the world tour cycling why bike exchange in particular um i look at the time trial perform time trial performances that they've had so at uh, tour of switzerland and the for the women's race and then as well at the giro d'italia on the men's side uh, they had athletes that were that were excelling. So I think if we, you know, I say all the time, success leaves clues. Uh, bike Exchange has a has a pretty big trail of breadcrumbs right now. Huh. I would not have picked. I've not I've not been watching the detail. I'd have been looking at Yumbo Visma. Um, that's, that's why you need me on the show. <laughs> why, why is Pat? Why Pat? Why are you? Uh, why are you not talking about the thing that Mark doesn't want us to talk about? 
Oh, uh, in, inserts in tubeless tires. The only reason I don't want you to talk about them is because they're it's just something that triathletes don't use that that maybe they should think about using. Yeah, it's interesting. So let's talk about. Can we talk about tubeless inserts for a minute? Yeah. Um. I, first, this has become very commonplace in we'll call it gravel racing and mountain bike racing. Does but this first, mean you can, does this mean you can't get a flat? No. So this, what this means is that if in the primary case for mountain biking for gravel, what you're doing now is you're putting a foam insert into your rim and then putting the tire around that, still running tubeless sealant and then still not running a tube. So you're having the tubeless setup, but you're not have you're having a, a foam insert that one is helping protect the rim in case there's any massive hits from from rocks or logs, and then part two, if you puncture the tire can still hold shape and you could ride in the case of world cup mountain biking to a pit. Now the difference here is, is that teams are on the road side. Now road tubeless is very, has very different uh, demands than gravel or mountain bike because you're running a much smaller tire, which with much higher pressure. Uh, The biggest boogeyman for road tubeless has been if the tire were to come off the rim, that could be catastrophic. Now that has proved that it's not improbable, but I think that we could Mark would agree that it has proved to be a boogeyman in the case that yeah. it just doesn't happen that often. No, and I would say the same amount as it happened with rim break clinchers. Um, now the big debate is going to be is and this is happening with all the road teams. They're trying to identify: Do we need inserts? These foam inserts inside the tires of road wheels. And I would say initially the answer everybody was leaning towards was yes. Now it seems that for the majority of racing on the roadside, everybody's removing the inserts and they're just running sealant. Um, I think if you looked at a race like Perry Rivet, they might decide to put inserts back in, but I think that this is a, this is a technology that's being um one adopted and then two they're now adapting it and trying to understand what the demands of competition will be and and the products to support it mark how did i do perfectly i mean perfectly it's and there's one company that makes really good road ones no one else really and um vittoria they do it like yeah vittoria they allow you to keep rolling i would what i would say is if you're listening at home and you want to try this be very, very confident. You're very, very good at getting tubular tires on. And tubeless. if you're putting tubeless, tubeless, sorry, you've got to be very, very good at getting tubeless tires on with the insert. And then if it's 25 mil rim or less, if you want to take that out, you've got to cut the tire off. There's no way you're getting the tire off with the insert. Yeah. You've got to just cut it off. Yeah. And these so inserts perhaps, aren't cheap. No, no, no. They're like 60 quid a pop. Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing is, the Victoria headquarters for North America is across the street from, uh, it's in OKC, right across the street from my dad's workplace right down there. Sometimes they trade paint for tires. So, Mark, if you go need anything, your, yeah, go let grab me yourself know. some. Uh, do you have those woggles in the pool? You know, those like the long inflatable sausages? They're yeah. just a really thin version of that. Pool, pool noodles. Pool, pool noodles. noodles. Yeah. There you are. I'm gonna have to tell Lionel. Lionel can get one of those long balloons, you know, the like that the clowns use, and just blow it up and put it in his tire. I'll still win the race comfortably, it seems. Yeah. Have we got anything else this week? 
Not from the tech side. That was, I think, long enough. So thanks for bearing with me on that. No, it was, it was a perfect explanation. The million-dollar question for this week is, everyone go ask Vincent Louie if he's going to race or not because I'm not creating no drama here, but I don't think – I think there's a pretty big rivalry between the Norwegians and Vincent Louie, and that would be a good showdown to watch. Well, you know, look, I think the other one that we were that we should lobby for is we've had a you know a couple time host or a guest on the show, Aaron Royal, and it's my understanding he really wants to do the race in Edmonton. So if they if they if Victoria Lopez got a wild card slot because there were 500 comments supporting her, I think we should uh, petition that Aaron Royal gets in, and we hope have our fans and followers comment on the PTO Instagram. I love that. This. Top, I love bike. it. Great athlete, Aaron Royal for PTO Edmonton. Go comment. The PTO posts like three times a day, so everyone on here go comment. Wild card. Perfect. Kyle, close it out. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, We appreciate you guys continuing to listen to our show. Uh, We love to read everyone's comments on our Instagram. Um, We love all the DMs we receive. So if there's something that you want us to talk about, shoot us a DM, comment on our posts, and say, hey, can you uh, talk about – foam core and tires and Pat will tell us every reason why you don't need them. So thanks for tuning in. Be sure to like, and subscribe, share this podcast with someone this week, and we'll see you next time.